There are bag rats. And then there are caddies. Baby. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. Oh, yeah, the caddy joins us each and every week, and uh, he is a legend in caddy shacks across the country. Caddy, what's happening, man? Oh, I don't know. I'm just relaxing in the desert. Mm. I don't know what's happening. Are you down for the Super Bowl? You in Vegas? I can neither confirm nor deny my whereabouts for the Super Bowl championship. It's probably best that way. Well, whatever happens stays there. That or something. Isn't that how, I don't know. Yes. What, how's that go? What happens in yeah. Vegas stays in Vegas. Caddy ain't staying in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know what? We talked a lot uh, the last couple of weeks about how much we love the West Coast swing and how we think it's the best, the sexiest, yada, yada. Mother Nature is kind of... It's kind of not making it as sexy, I guess. Let's put it that way. And I, my little, my little joke. Maybe you could appreciate this one, Caddy. Is the year that they choose to keep the celebrities out of the weekend at Pebble Beach, the biggest celebrity of all, Mother Nature, decided to show up and crash the party. That's funny, right? That's pretty good. Boy, you know, coincidence. Mm. Mm-hmm. The conspiracy theory is coming. So I'm calling it the wet, cold swing. Instead of the West Coast, <laughs> my that ten times fast if gets you in trouble. Yeah. So I have I will say this though. So I'm I'm in I'm currently in Phoenix and Thursday was legit brutal. I mean legit. In the morning it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, and then around eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, you could see this gray gloaming just coming at you, and you're you're thinking, oh, here we go. And it did rain. And it was really cold. And, of course, they kind of stopped playing. Now, Friday morning, I think it was 38 early in the morning. And then it was, but I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I went outside about 9 o'clock. It was still in the 40s. And it was almost T-shirt weather for the caddy. It was that nice at 48 degrees. And when it got to 50-51, there's the caddies in shorts and a shirt. No no sweater for the caddy. Mm. It was beautiful. Actually, all day Friday, beautiful, perfect. So it looked cold on the temps, but I got to tell you, you know, get out west, little elevation, get the sunshine. It's twenty degrees warmer than that temperature. That's true, Caddy. It, it's it's kind of interesting how things go with the PGA Tour and when there's rain delays and all that kind of stuff. Talk a little bit about the caddy's job in what he has to do to make sure, especially during rain or during rain delays or whatever, to uh, to help out with the player and uh, and to prepare for when they're going to get back out on the golf course. Boy, I've got so many rain stories. So the rain is where the caddy earns his keep when it rains. That is when you really, as a player, you better have a pro jock Carl Spagler would say, on the bag at that point in time. Uh, keeping the grips dry is the absolute number one priority. Keep the grips dry. That's the number one thing. Everything else out the window. Yardages, strategy, 
whatever. Yet I was at the, the Irish Open one time, and I don't know what happened. There was this misty rain that came. I've never experienced anything like it. It's like it permeated the bag. I had a couple extra towels like you do. Everything was good. I had the rain cover on the bag. We're pulling out the clubs, and they're wet. And I'm, what the heck's going on? They're not getting wet. How are they getting wet? Maybe it was a bad bag. Anyway, I thought in the middle of the round, we're not, we're not going to be able to keep playing. Because once these grips get wet, it's all over. You can't hold on to it. You can't even swing a club. But luckily, the rain stopped, and so we dodged a bullet there. Anyway, you're loading up on the set. Now, during the rain delay, that gets a little more interesting. You really hope you luck out and you're in your hotel room playing in the afternoon when they call that rain delay. Because if you start playing and then there's a delay, you can sit around for two, three, four hours waiting for the decision that you know is going to come, but you can't leave until the decision's made to call it a day. And it's rare that you have to wait four hours, but it's, you know, you're kind of sitting there, you're miserable thinking, man, half those guys are back in the condo and they're warm and just <laughs> sitting there watching and I'm here waiting it out, you know? And so you, you want the good end of the draw when that happens. It's just a luck thing, you know, 50, 50. Um, one thing I had to do one time, we had a big rain delay at the players championship the year my player happened to win. And we had a restart late in the day, either Friday or Saturday. I'm driving to the course. He lives right near the golf course, but a mile from the from the range. And I call up. I call his house just to kind of check on him. And his son answers, and it says, "Hey, is your dad, your dad, leave for the course." And he says, "No, he's sleeping." This is 20 minutes before we're taking off. No, he's <laughs> sleeping. Oh my I said, "Well, you might want to wake him up." since he's leading the tournament because we got to play a few more holes tonight. So he runs out there and everything's okay. So we could have pulled a Lucas Glover there. Ooh. I hadn't called him. Wow. You know? Yeah. It was crazy. Um, that stuff happens. I mean, it's just, it happens. Weird things happen. How about the Rory but, McElroy yeah. during the Ryder cup at Medina? Needed a oh, police that's... escort to get there on time. Went that... right to the first tee and won his match. Yep. No problem. Here we go. Yep. He made it on time. Oh, man. Seve one time, I remember at Baldestraw, they had really incredible traffic and no one could get in. And it was, I don't know if it was Larry Nelson or Seve, but somebody actually hopped out of their car and waved down a motorbike and hopped on it and rode in on the back of a motorcycle <laughs> to get to their tea time. That was all fine. I think it was Seve who did it. it was either, maybe it was Larry Nelson. You sure you, you know, weren't watching yeah. Dumb and Dumber? It was something like that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. rain delays are just, wow. I mean, those those days, it's not fun caddying the rain. The bag, what do you think, Bob? The bag oh, feels like 30 heavy. pounds heavy. Oh, yeah, oh, and, and it's loaded up. It's got everything in it. Oh. Like you said, the towels, then, the rain gear, everything. I mean, that used to happen with regularity when we were in at Castle Pines in Colorado. Oh, the, the afternoon thunderstorms in Castle Pines. It's, yeah, they just, I, I live in Denver now, and they are, they're a thing. You know, those the afternoon thunder boomers. And they seem to just seek out Castle Pines. It's in this corridor or something of lightning. I don't know what it is. Um, but, yeah, they, uh, those, those things are, 
pretty intense. Hey, I don't mean to rain on the rain parade here, but can we uh, let's shift over to uh, the 16th hole at TPC Scottsdale? Talk about the experience of walking through the tunnel and how cool mm-hmm. that is from even a professional golfer. How excited these guys get to enter into the gauntlet or the or the arena that is the 16th hole. So that tunnel didn't exist back in the caddies back in the day when the caddy was caddy. That's all new, the stadium thing. The stadium thing was becoming a thing. My last year caddying was, of course, around 2012 on the tour. So it's been a while. But I got a cool story. So we're on the range, standing there with Kelly Gibson. Tiger Woods, 19, I think it was 97, maybe. I think it was 97. We're on the range, and we look over towards 16, and you couldn't really see it, but you could see the mounds and the hills. And there's a million people standing on the hill, so we know Tiger's on 16. Okay, here we go. What's going to happen? We hear this ridiculous roar, and it sounds like a hole-in-one roar. I mean, it's loud. Now, the range has got to be 800 yards to the 16th. It's, I mean, half a mile. It's not that close, right? And so, so we hear this roar. I mean, it's loud. It's loud. And um, I'm kind of thinking, man, that, that didn't quite sound like a hole-in-one, but it almost did. Well, that was Omar Uresti hitting it a foot from the hole, <laughs> playing with Tiger. And then Tiger gets up and hits it. And of course, we don't know. And it's an explosion. I mean, I've been in RFK Stadium way back when it was rocking. I've... It was so loud. That roar was so loud. But it's not just that it was a loud roar. It was sustained. It went on for five minutes from the time the shot went in till the time he pulled the, the ball out of the hole. I, I mean, the crowd was roaring like at its peak for five minutes. And uh, there was a player who was in the fitness trailer getting worked on, which is sort of a like an 18-hole truck trailer, right? And it's got the thin walls and all that. And he said the walls in the trailer were, he could feel them vibrating from the noise. Wow. That's a half a mile away. It's like yeah. a bomb explodes. It was, it was amazing. That was the loudest roar I've ever heard from a distance on a golf course. I believe it or not. Here's how loud it can get. When we played with tiger and things are rocking and rolling and we've been walking from green to tea and it's, it's legit so loud that you could, I've yelled at my player from behind six feet behind. I've yelled and he couldn't hear me. That's how loud it can get in the the crowd at a golf tournament, which you find hard to believe, but um, I'm telling the truth here. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) That's really cool. Good stuff. Uh, Caddy joining us here on Real Golf Radio. All right, store, the uh, topic of the day, we got to get this from you before we run out of time here. We've been talking about this equity on the PGA Tour that they're doling out to all the different uh, sectors. And the one that we have found to be very curious, and partly because it could have an effect on you know Bob Casper himself here, depending on how things shake out. But um, we're talking about the legacy category. Okay, so it's the fourth category. It's not the big, huge $750 million between 36 players, but it is $75 million amongst 36 players. And it is going to be granted to players who were instrumental to build the PGA Tour 
based on career performance. So instrumental to building the PGA Tour based on career performance. With that said, Caddy, who, I mean, where do you start? And I haven't heard what the criteria exactly is. Some of it seems a bit subjective. What do you think of when you when you hear that group? I mean, Jack Nicholas's name was already thrown out there. So we know it's guys like Jack. Who are the other 35 like Jack that are going to be included in this legacy group in your mind? The first name I'm throwing out is Arnold Palmer. Yeah. yeah. That's the first name. Um, yep. I think, uh, do you go all the way back to Hogan and Sneed and, and before the PGA Tour? I mean, they're, they're, they're all part of that legacy. Um, well, the it PGA says, Tour, you know, Caddy, hold on a second. It says building, we're instrumental in building the modern PGA Tour. Well, it doesn't say modern, oh. but that's how we're interpreting it. Yeah. Well, the, the big break was, what was it, 69 when Jack and Arnie kind of, yeah, they went away from the PGA of America and became their own thing. So you could, you could say, okay, that's where it begins, right? Let's go from there. Um, and who did what from there? Um, I'm interested that that's the fourth category. I'm interested in the 97th category, which is legendary tour caddy and what kind of (laughs) there, but that's a whole nother discussion for another show. That's a discussion for another. No, but, but look, this is, this is the problem. It's, it's such a subjective measure, but I do kind of like one of the things it says is based on performance. Yeah. Career, okay. career performance. Well, let's, li- let's list who, who, how do you judge performance on the tour? Well, let's go with what wins. You can't yeah. do money because that changes all over the place. So just go down the list of who won the most tournaments and there's your 36 guys. That's a nice objective way to do it. Who won the most events? Boom, 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 boom. There's 36. Okay, next question. That's how I'm doing it. Well, if you're, if you're taking out the pre-65ers, which Sam Snead won his last event in six or pre-68, you're, 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 Sam, Sam Snead won his last event in 65. Sorry, that got took me a while to get to that one. Yeah. Ben Hogan's last one was in 59. Palmer, sorry, he's in there. Uh, Nelson was 51. Uh, Hagen was in 36. So if you take all those guys out, you basically took three out. That puts number one, Tiger Woods. Number two, with, with by the way, with 82 wins. Number two, Jack Nicholas was 73. Uh, Arnold Palmer was 62. And Billy Casper was 51. And you got to throw Tiger out because he's already in category number one. That's right. That's a good point. Yes. You're right. Tiger's That's already out in category one. You're right. Good point. So, so there's, your, there's your top three. And so got Watson. I, I mean, Watson will be in there. Yeah, Watson sits there yep. with 39 wins. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I think Mickelson probably won't be included in the group. Um, I'm assuming. I don't know. Um, probably not. But that's... Um, VJ yeah, Singh. I mean, gonna, probably put VJ Singh in that group. VJ's had a ton of wins. 34. And even if you're talking 30-some guys, I mean, you're probably even getting down to guys like is Lanny doing it? Lanny's got 20. I guess you got to get close to 30 wins or more to get in this group of 36, don't you? Or maybe they're in the 20s even to get no. that. But anyway, yeah. without going into the details, um, it does say based on performance, right? So it's kind of an objective measure. It's just a question of what dates are they choosing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I would, cool, say, I would say that in any amount of discussion we've had today, you would have a hard time not including Billy Casper in that. So, Bob, I hope they back up the Brinks truck for your mother and uh, That's include, right. include Billy Casper and recognize him as one of the key legacy players to in building the PGA Tour. Caddy, we're out of time, but always a pleasure. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you, gentlemen. There you go. That's the caddy right here on Real Golf Radio. 